saga going on in Buffalo. We dab a little bit into Sam Reinhardt and where can Sam and Ristolainen possibly end up at the end of this crazy offseason in Buffalo. Uh, so tune in, listen, remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and follow the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Appreciate you guys listening and remember to always trust the process. Hey, Nick. Charlie, how are you? Man, it's been a while since we've done this, huh? The process is back from summer break. It's official. <laughs> we are go. here. Uh, apologies to our listeners who some people, believe it or not, did ask us, haven't heard a podcast lately. And I said, oh, my gosh, people actually care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of those people was our wonderful guest today, Joe Yerden. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I had to throw my glasses on to make sure I recognize you guys. That's, uh, <laughs> it, it has been a while, but I'm glad to see you guys are back on it and, and getting back to it because Lord knows sports are around the corner now, which is weird to say at the end of July, I guess, mid-July. <laughs> I don't understand how things work now. Well, and it's especially uh, busy offseason in the NHL with the Seattle Kraken coming into the, to the league next year. So things are really around the corner. I think that's coming up on Wednesday. The draft is coming up on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Saturday, and then uh, free agency is not too far behind that. So it's going to be a uh, pretty quick NHL offseason. Yeah, I, I think everybody – they decided to cram it in all like this because everybody's like, listen, we got to get to the cottage. I mean, all the Canadians anyways. I don't know, about, I know, I don't know what the American guys do for vacation. I, maybe they go to Hawaii or something. I don't know. But, but all the Canadians are just like, man, my cottage is just sitting there. We're not <laughs> right. there. You know, at least well, I, I'm, I'm just happy for Bob – Bob McKenzie that he's retired and he could just have, be Bobby Marks all the time and uh, it doesn't affect his, his cabin time. So I'm happy with that or his cottage time, I should say. But, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is weird, man. Especially when, <laughs> like when the, this, the cup final wrapped up, I said, boy, well, you know, training camps in two months. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's two months away. And they're like, Oh no. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, football camp opens in a few weeks too. So it's, Crazy. it's totally good. Yeah. It's an exciting time, I guess, to be – well, maybe not to be a Sabres fan still, but it's an exciting time to be a sports <laughs> fan right now with uh, sports all kind of coming back all together at once. It should be, uh, should be pretty fun. So, Joe, we got to jump into it, man. As I said, mm-hmm. the expansion draft is Wednesday uh, this week. Um, Sabres released their protected list today. Obviously, no surprises. Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, Victor Olsen – Casey Middlestat, Tage Thompson, Rasmus, uh, Rasmus Asplund, and uh, Andres Bjork are all protected on the offensive side. And on defensive side, they got Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Dahlin, and Henry Yukaharyu, Yoki Haru, and the only goaltender they obviously protected was Allmark. So out of the unprotected and the exposed guys, who's the guy Seattle's going to take from Buffalo? You know, I, I'm, I've been thinking about this more. Everybody's very scared of Will Borgen being the guy. And I looked around at everybody else's lists, and there's a lot of defensemen. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. good defensemen that are available. Now, obviously, Seattle's not going to take all of them uh, because they have a lot of very tantalizing choices all over the place, obviously. But um, but I think Borgen gets buried in the shuffle because you know, I mean, you know, you know, he's been the number what number seven guy here in Buffalo, I think, when everybody's healthy mm-hmm. uh, this past season, and you know, it's good enough to get you, you know, to get you to be the healthy scratch every night or swap in and out of the lineup, but. Uh, I don't think Borgen's going to be the guy now because he needs waivers to go to the AHL. And I think the first time Seattle, if Seattle takes him, they put him on waivers. He's coming right back to Buffalo. 
because mm-hmm. they get first crack at them. So I, I, I don't see the point of, of going for Borgen. Everybody's afraid that that's going to happen because everybody's anticipating Ristolainen is going to be traded and the, the defense is going to be shuffled all around. But uh, I don't see Borgen being the guy. And they protected all the forwards that I was worried about. So now I'm starting to think maybe it's going to be Zemgis Girgensons just because, I mean, he costs a bit of money considering his role. He's you know fourth-line guy, and he's really good at it. Like, people hate on him for just being here forever. But um, but $2.2 million for the next two years for a guy that's going to play your fourth line is a little pricey, uh, especially if they go swinging – for the fences with guys like Tarasenko or, well, I mean, who knows? I mean, Carey Price, they they pick and just decide, like, screw everybody. We're just going to come in, you know, balls on fire. Then Good for Seattle. But, um, but I mean, they, they, I don't think they really have to sweat salaries too bad here. They, I mean, they're starting, they, they got 80, what, 85 million to spend. So it's it's not too hard. But, uh, but Giergensen's might be a guy to look at because he is good. Uh, you just can't count on him to be in your top six. Like that's that's not where he belongs. Do you think um, one name I keep throwing back at Nick is Kyle Pozo? I for some reason I, I I saw a story online somewhere. I, I forgot where I saw it. I, I thought maybe it was even in the Buffalo News saying that they had talks going with Seattle right now about working out a trade for Kyle going to Seattle in some capacity, whether that's through the expansion draft, you know, and they're, they're baiting them into taking him or, um, you know, something on the side that they, they have worked out, you know, on the back end after the draft for, for a trade. Uh, but do you think Kyle Pozo could be the guy that they take? Like I you think said, they have 85 million dollars in cash space. They got to, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that's, I think that's something you work out, work out on the side. So that way you can retain money uh, mm-hmm. in the Sabres case. Cause I think for them to be able to make some big swing trades or to do something drastic, that's what they kind of have to do. Um, even, if, you know, even if they, you know, when it comes to time to trade Eichel, I don't know, eat a couple million off of that 10 million to get, a, you know, to get a couple, you know, get another better piece that you might be looking for. Like, I don't see an issue with doing that. But, uh, but I think in Kyle's case, you're probably looking at buying him out after this season, just because it's a little mm-hmm. easier to swallow, you know, with only, he'll only have two more years after this one uh, coming up. So that, you know, it makes the buyout, you know, it's a four-year buyout. You're not really going to get to, mad about that you know having it against your cap because it's better than paying you know five plus million so i don't think you worry about that but um but yeah i mean it, it's i think it's a long shot idea and i'm not sure that seattle would go for it to be fair and you know i because you know kyle's injury history everything that's happened with him he's not the player that he was even when you know the Sabres signed him in that first year after he signed he was looking like he was going to be a pretty solid 40 40 to 50 point guy every year and concussions are a bastard man like that's just i mean it's mm-hmm. it's completely hurt his career and and how things have gone but um but yeah i i think that's an innovative way to do it especially because you're looking at you know down the road you got to get dolly and sign long term probably uh yoki haru's probably got to get a long-term contract at some point and then you're looking at dylan cousins down the road and you know all sorts of stuff so i mean if you're thinking that far ahead in trying to get this re re rebuild going um yeah, that that's a way to try to to try to manage things so that you're not paying, you know, because if you are going to buy out a Pozo, I mean, you're, that, right. that buyout's going to sit on your sit on your books for six years, and I don't think that's very attractive to this team because once a guy's gone, they don't want to be paying him anymore. All right, I, I, Joe, I have a take I need to run by you in a minute, but before we get there, <laughs> as long as we're talking about you know a big money guy like, like Oposo, if mm-hmm. they were going to take on someone with a heftier contract, why would they not take Skinner? 
Skinner's interesting. Um, obviously, I mean, his contract right now, everybody's saying is the worst in hockey. One of the worst, maybe next to <laughs> Carey Price. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, you know, Carey's in his 30s and he's got forever to go. And, oh, now he has bad knees and a hip. Okay, that's that's a, that's a problem for an older goalie. But uh, but in Skinner's case, it's just a man. You know, everybody's going to point to the last two years and be like, boy, what a disaster that's been. And it's like, well, we saw how good he can be you know, three years ago when he scored 40 and we've seen how good he can be in the past with Carolina. And basically from the moment Carolina traded ever, everybody was lauding Buffalo for making that deal. Uh, and it's, it's funny to look back now that people look at that deal as a, as a total, a total waste now because they went and signed a, ter- signed him to a terrible extension. And I, you know, maybe part of that's fair, but, um, but I think in this case, if I'm Seattle, I don't, I don't think I'm doing it. Like they can handle it. They can, I don't think I'm doing it <laughs> just because I, I think that's to have him eating up what 9 million against the cap for what, five, six years, six years, I think. Yeah. That's tough. That's, I mean, but, that's really tough. You can hand like they can handle it, but like, I, I'd be curious as to where else they want to go with things. Like, I, I think that's, what's going to make this so interesting is that there are these tantalizing options with a lot of these teams where guy, they can pick up a guy and be like, yep, this is awesome. They can do that. Um, will they, I mean, most cases, probably not like that's, that's not what you want to do, but if they're thinking we, we can maybe make a run of the playoffs first season, maybe they take a couple of swings like that, because I look at their division, their division's gross, <laughs> their division's bad. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, you're looking at probably like what, two teams that are most likely definitely going to be playoff teams, maybe three. And then the, you know, four spot, you know, three or four spots are kind of up in the air and everybody that's not going to be a playoff team is bad. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you put the right team together. You could absolutely make a run at it. So um, if that's, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, the ideas behind doing expansion now are so different than they were in the past where it was just like, here, here's a bunch of scrubs, pick the best scrubs you can find. Right. Uh, good luck figuring out how to win in the first five years. It ain't that way now. I mean, they paid a ton of money to get a team and, you know, thankfully, I mean, thankfully for them, the rules are so that there's a lot of talent available for them to pick. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, a guy like Skinner would be fascinating. That, that, that to me would be a fascinating pickup. They'd be doing the Sabres a huge mm-hmm. favor, like an absolutely huge favor. And like, <laughs> I don't know if you're Buffalo, maybe you throw first round pick in 23 to say, listen, if you get this, you can have our pick in two years, which may or may not still be terrible. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jeff Skinner did have to waive his no movement clause to be available to be selected. Mm-hmm. And my first thought with that was, was you know that was nice of him to do so that the team could protect another player and then you know knowing the team's not going to take on a nine million dollar contract and then i started thinking about it some more i'm like what is jeff skinner oh the sabers maybe he wants to get the heck out of here and they're going to work <laughs> out some kind of deal i don't know but that would be interesting to me because there are there's a pretty good amount of, like pretty good amount of talent available if you want to make a run maybe you're going to say screw it we'll take on a bigger contract put jeff skinner on the third line do i don't know that would be interesting to me. So, so here, here's my, my first hot take to throw at you. Let's okay. read. Let's read off the list of players this, that is available from the Buffalo organization mm-hmm. to be selected. All right. And if I mispronounce any of these names, correct me here. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. You have John Sebastian Dea. Uh, D. D. Is yes. it not Dea? Yeah. Just think, of it, think of it. D. Just, think of it like T. It's both T. With a D. Wow. Okay. Well, we're learning already. Um, <laughs> All right, I should know how to pronounce Drake. Kajula? Yes. I got that one. All right. Cody Eakin, 
Stephen Fogarty, Zemgus Girgensons, Andrew Ogilvy, mm-hmm. Kyle Oposo, yeah. Tobias Reeder, Riley Shahan, Jeff Skinner, CJ Smith. Those are forwards. Defense. Will Borgen, Brandon Davidson, Matt Irwin, Jake McCabe, Colin Miller, Casey Nelson, and goaltenders Michael Hauser, Carter Hutton, Dustin Tokarski. Is there any chance, given the talent that's out there, Seattle looks at this list and says, you got to be effing kidding me. This is a real <laughs> list, okay? Like, what are the odds that they just take basically, you know, an expiring contract like a Jake McCabe type guy, and if they can't work it out, they just wipe their hands and buff screw Buffalo. We don't want any of these guys. You know, that's it's not a bad idea on their part. Like they got to take a guy no matter what. Um, and, you know, McCabe's a free agent this summer, so like they can pick him. There's no guarantee he's going to stay there. Like they could pick Olmark if they want, but mm-hmm. is he going to sign there? I don't know. Maybe. But same thing for McCabe. Like you can pick him and say like, yeah, you're our guy. Like, he might be just like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to not sign with you guys. So, so forget it. But um it's funny. Like they could, they could hundred percent do that. There is, there is nothing stopping them from do that. Like they pick them, they can, they can claim them. Hell, like they're a free agent. I, I don't, I don't know how they slid the, uh, the date to do signings. Um, so they might be able to sign them right now and just be like, yeah, that's mm. our guy. So, or like agree to agree, I guess, you know, come out to a verbal agreement that yes, we're going to sign you. And yeah, that's our, that's going to be our pick. But I mean, to do it kind of blind like that, to just be like, listen, just just pick one of them, and we're not we're not gonna mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah. They got a hundred percent do that, which I think would be well, that's 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 a great uh, backhanded slap to, <laughs> to the Sabers to start. You know, step one as being an NHL organization, being like, yeah, yeah, those guys stink so bad, we don't even want any of them. I mean, listen, there was points last year when the Sabers were on the losing streak. The Buffalo News's power rankings had the Sabers thirty-two and the Kraken thirty-one. Like that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it, I mean, you don't lose eighteen in a row without no getting slapped around by no. uh, everybody. But but given that point, I do this Charlie's suggestion was maybe they incentivize them to take a post or somebody. I would say what you don't need to incentivize anybody. There's no one even good on this list. You don't need to give a piece away when you know they're they're you know sorting through the garbage sheet here to pick somebody. Yeah. I mean if you're looking for if you're looking for like the shiny trinket in the trash, then yeah, it's not hard to find one. I mean, you can just take Skinner and be like, hey, cool, we got him. Like Sure, awesome. Yeah. You could take Borgen if you want to and just be like, hey, we got him. Let's not mm-hmm. wave him ever. Or, yeah. um, you know, it, it's it's easy enough to do that. But uh, when you're working with picking 30 players, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I mean, you're, you're looking to fill out both your NHL and part of your AHL team, too. True. Mm-hmm. True. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Charlie, you're going to hop in there. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my thought behind the whole Kyle Pozo thing is kind of like what Joe said, right? Like, they need to have, they need to start freeing up some money because they got to get, Darlene sign long term. They're going to need to sign uh, Yogi Haru long term. They're going to need to sign, uh, you know, Dylan Cousins at some point long term. If they could find a way to get that uh, a postal contract off the books altogether and not have to worry about buying them out, yeah, you know, I'd say yeah, send him to uh, Seattle with a, I don't know, what, what do you sign with a fifth round pick to say, hey, take. <laughs> You got to maybe you probably got to go more, with a higher right? pick than that. You got to do better than a fifth. If, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm Ron Francis, I'm like, really, a fifth? Like, no, we're, we're not doing that. Just get out of my face. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so probably more, right? But I would send if, – if that's what it comes down to. I'd love to take him – I would love to see them take Skinner just to get – again, you get Skinner's contract off the books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I'm kind of with Joe on the whole the Zemgus Gurgensons just kind of makes sense there. Um I think Colin yeah, he, I mean, he was, he was Gergensons was out, you know, almost all year, year right? Oh, yeah. like, he, he missed the whole season with a hamstring, yeah, yeah, hamstring kind of surgery. Like yeah. almost flew under the radar. So he, I could I could see that. Yeah, he was spared feel, he was spared the gore of last season, so good for him. <laughs> I feel like Colin Mill is another guy though to keep an eye on. I I feel yeah. like, you know, like like you did say, Joe, there is a pretty deep defensive pool going into this expansion draft. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like Colin Miller's a decent enough defenseman. I ready to see him get out of Buffalo anyway, but I feel like he's a decent decent enough defenseman, um, and a decent enough cap hit where you're really not breaking the bank to bring in a veteran defenseman mm-hmm. to your team right yeah um, yeah i mean yeah miller miller makes a ton of sense as well and i keep forgetting to mention him every time every time people have been like who do you think they take and i'm just like uh yeah it's gonna be a forward then i'm like no no Cal miller's there and i keep forgetting yeah. about him but yeah. I, I think he would appreciate it because it would mean more consistent minutes more playing time um you know and just just the fact he's not getting maybe pushed out of the lineup by other younger guys here because I, I think they have more of a keen eye and interest in putting guys like Borgen and Samuelson into the lineup than they do just mm-hmm. kind of having Miller, you know, try to steer things as as a depth guy. Now, obviously, if they trade risk the lineup, maybe you don't want to lose Miller, but you know, you've got to cross one bridge before you get to the next one. Joe, does Jason Barrow being the assistant GM in Seattle mean anything to you? Mm, I think. I mean, as far as the Sabres go, no, it doesn't mean anything as far as the Sabres go. I don't. And far of familiarity with any of the players that are available. Yeah, I mean, at least he'll know what he's, you know, he'll be able to provide that insight as to, you know, which guys are good. And, and <laughs> Don't take you know, any of them. Yeah, I mean, he, he built he built okay, this okay. show, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, there's, there's only a, a small handful of guys in there that he wouldn't know about uh, that, that you know, that were basically Ralph signing last year. I know Adams is a GM, but, like, those were Ralph picks for the most part. Um, but that was, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he'll be able to give Ron Francis all the insight that he wants on him. And, you know, Bottrell was doing a pretty heavy amount of scouting, uh, during the season last year. He was in, I know he's in Buffalo for a few games uh, in a scouting spot as the AGM, but, um, but it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to encourage, uh, Ron Francis to take Skinner or Pozo and just be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's let right. leave leave the ghosts that are haunting me alone. Let them let them stay away. All right, Joe, we're ready for hot take number two here. And before we get into this, I do gotta say shout out to any of the bloggers slash Twitter users slash report whatever everyone who's been focusing on on what the Sabers can do here. I gotta give credit to all all of you because I was like you know a teacher at the end of the school year. I'm like I need the summer off from this franchise. Like like I need to just get away for a second. I didn't really, could not bring myself to care about. It. So shout out to everyone who was keeping us in the loop. Appreciate that. The hot take for you, Joe. If if a scenario presented itself where the Sabers could trade their entire team to Seattle and instead be the team picking an expansion team, <laughs> would you rather do that for the Sabers? No. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, your question is not original and it's not your fault uh, because this was a question Tim Graham asked me on his show years oh. ago before, before Vegas uh, okay. started up and he asked the okay. same question. He's like, would you trade everything that Buffalo's got right now? And I mind you, this is what, three, three years ago, four years ago. I mean, ago? I'm going to take that as a compliment. If, Tim, oh, if that was, yeah, a, no, if that was a Tim question, like Tim has a great <laughs> question. I thought it's because there was a year in fantasy football. I once traded my brother, like a, 
you know, I had LT in the first round. He had Sean Alexander. I'm like, I'll trade you every other pick I just had for Sean Alexander, and I'll have the two best guys. And it totally didn't work because one of them got injured and it like went up. But anyway, that's kind of what I was what I was thinking of here. So the the difference between you asking that question now when Tim asked it three four years ago is that back then the the whole crux of it was like you had to give up Eichel and Reinhardt everything. You know, this is pre Darlene right. even. Right. And you had to think like. How's the future of Jack Eichel? You know, do you want to give up what that potential and what he can do in the future for what whatever you get out of the, you know, whatever you can get out of what Vegas gets to pick from? And at that time, I was like, no, I don't think you do that because because you've got these guys that are, you know, you sank two entire years to get Eichel and Reinhardt uh, to basically start start up from the bottom. And those are the guys that you're building with. If you give them up now, it's just like everything that you've already done, the, the seasons you punted away, you really did it for nothing. At this point in time, yes, I would 100% do that. And I know that means losing Darlene, which could kick them in the could kick him in the ass. It means losing Cousins, which also could kick them in the ass. But I would do it now uh, because they're I mean they're tearing it all down as it is. And if you're gonna start if you're gonna start from new, start from the bottom up. Just refill the coffers with whatever you think you can do. And honestly, if the, the trades happen that we think are going to happen. Kevin Adams is basically going to be doing that anyways. You know, if he trades Eichel, Reinhardt, and Ristolainen, he's he's essentially doing it anyway. So screw it. I say do it. And I don't like that's not as hot of a take as you think because I I, I might have to make this a Twitter poll or maybe you will and I'll share it. Uh, what people would do and what the decisions are because I'm pretty sure it would come in heavy on be rather being in Seattle shoes than in Buffalo's. All right, great minds think alike. This was a Twitter poll this <laughs> afternoon. Uh, Charlie, before I read the results, let's go to you. What would you do? You know, I so you and I talked about this earlier, right? We were going back and forth on text this afternoon, and uh, I would, right? Like, sure, go right ahead. I, I, I'd make the change. You look at the players who are currently available, right? That Buffalo could take with $85 million of free cap money and go build your team. I seriously think looking at this this list of, of players available, you look at Matthew Shane, who's available. You look at um, uh, Tarasenko, who's available. You know, those two guys alone, you put those two guys on my team, I mean, sure, fill in, fill in the rest of your team there. You got two proven guys who can score goals and put the puck in the net and play the damn game of hockey pretty damn well. Sure. And you know what? Go get me Carey Price in that too. Fine. You already have – a better team than Buffalo, just those three players, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'd jump all over it. I, I would gladly trade trade this team. Although I would keep Jake McCabe because Jake McCabe is probably the only <laughs> Sabres player that I'm really a, still a fan of. Well, he might not resign here anyway, so he could. All he right, might not. He might so not. I, yeah, I thought of this uh, this morning. I was at a coffee shop. And I'm like, I think I would totally do that. Let me make sure I'm not crazy. Let me ask Twitter what they think. Uh, looking at the results here, just over 350 votes, which is not representative of anything except my followers who happen to be on Twitter today. Uh, 80%, yes. One of, the, one of the replies, in a heartbeat. And then, uh, interestingly, one person said, I voted no only because since I don't trust these clowns with a single trade, there's no way I trust them with an entire roster. Orange seats, 1940. Thank you for that comment. Uh, that, that's where we are as a Sabres franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, jeez, 
Yeah, and wow. you thought this was a hot take. Like that. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to make sure I was not like losing my mind here. It's been this is a, that's pretty close to a freezing cold take almost at, at this point. The Saber, it, and you know what? It's the it's the Sabres' own fault for for putting it in the deep freeze. Like that's. Mm. I so think that, that, that's everything about it. it it's the just, Buffalo News power ranking should go back to having them at 32 and the Kraken at 31. I well, I think maybe even higher than 31. I shoot, I say the Kraken might be higher than 31. Yeah, depending geez. on who they end up picking, they could they might end up in the middle of the pack for this at this point. But but yeah, it's um things are dire here, man, and it's only made more dire based on every everything that's happened since they had those end of season press conferences. Oh, is that all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that and the, you know, the five years before uh, yeah. that really, you know, kind of started it down the hill, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of well, things that are not so good, Charlie, let's transition out of the draft here and let's just talk about uh, Jack Eichel, I guess. What do you got? What's first in your mind, Charlie? Yeah. So a couple of things, Joe, right. You talk about the off season press conferences can't talk about the offseason press conference without talking about Jack Eichel's offseason press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we know, he hasn't officially asked for a trade, but hinted at asking for a trade in the in the press conference, more or less, right? Um, so I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've seen this on Twitter. I've heard that Jack is starting to skate again. Is that correct? Am I wrong? I've Have seen you heard that. that? I've seen that pop up on Twitter as well. I don't know for sure. Peter Fish doesn't return my calls, so uh, that's. <laughs> it's a, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think that's. But that uh, means you have the number at least. So that's. I'm getting <laughs> props. Um, so yeah, I, yeah I, there's no reason for him to get back to me uh, ever. So that's that's fine. But um, but yeah, I, I I've seen that where I've seen that put the same way, and I you know if anything I see on Twitter that's not from somebody who's a legitimate source, I was have my grain of salt ready for it, but. I mean, Absolutely. if he is, that's, I mean, that that's fine. But uh, I think I would like to think you can skate without having to worry about your neck too. But I mean, but if he's skating, that means he's not in a lot of pain. So there's that too. It could, before we get into the trade stuff, is there any way that this could be worked out with Jack and Buffalo says, we're not trading you, we're keeping you. You're the face of this franchise and we'd be idiots to move on from the guy that we tanked for, for two years. No. <laughs> there's, there's zero chance. Like Kevin there's Adams, Kevin Adams, zero say, chance. Yeah, no, zero. There's zero point wow. zero chance. When I tweet the link, I'm going to say Joe Yurden says there's zero percent chance Jack Eichel plays for the Sabers next year. Yeah, zero point zero, Nick. Zero point yeah. zero chance. I, I just want to, I just want to confirm with you because I, I respect you enough to not burn you with with a take you might not have meant. You really want to say there's zero percent chance Jack Eichel plays for the Sabers next year. Listen, if I get freezing cold taked on this one, like I, I, I need to know the story of how it all fell apart because wow, or how it all came back together, I should say, because I, I mean, everything has pointed since, since the end of the season, everything has pointed towards this being the ultimate answer because what Kevin Adams spoke with us, uh, what's uh, just a, like a week ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he couldn't even be bothered to say Eichel's name. Like he's talking about, you know, looking ahead to the future and doing all this. And he was asked point blank about, you know, what's going on with Eichel? What's, you know, what's the deal? You know, is, you know, when's the, you know, when does he get moved? The whole thing. And he wouldn't even say his name. Like mm-hmm. you're GM of the team. You're not even going to say the name of the best player on the team anymore. He's gone. Like he's, he's out of, he's out of his mind. He does not care. Like he, I mean, he cares because he's got to trade him. He's got to get a good return, but it's done. Like it, it's all over. I wrote, I wrote it like two months ago. I said, just, start preparing yourself for the for the post Eichel days because they're coming next season. Um, but if, it, if they end up pulling it together, 
I will be shocked. I won't say something dumb like I'll eat a hat or I'll eat my shoe or something like that, but I will be flat out shocked beyond belief. Okay. Have you tweeted this yet? Like, I don't want to steal your thunder if you have not tweeted this exact phrase before. Uh, I haven't said it as 0.0, but I've said it in basically other ways. So, I mean, if you put it out as a tweet, it says 0.0, I'll retweet it and be like, yep, I said that. All right. (laughs) That's going to happen. All right. let, let Let me ask you here real quick. On July 1st, the Associated Press reported that the Sabres captain Jack Eichel is nearing a resolution with the team over how to treat a herniated disc following a lengthy discussion with general manager Kevin Adams. Do we know anything about what type of resolution or progress they are referring to? Well, I'm glad you cited the AP because that was a story I wrote. So thank you. That's that's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Peter Fish was not. Uh, very clear about uh, what that resolution was going to be. Uh, we assume it's the resolution to the uh, surgery or not. Um, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's my working assumption. That's what we're led to believe because Kevin Adams didn't say anything, you know, one way or the other about that. He just said, oh, well, you know, we're having conversations. Okay, fine. Um, but Peter Fish said, you know, we're coming close to reaching a resolution on that. Okay. So it's, you know, it's about the surgery, but to me, you can translate out and be like, we've found a resolution. We're sending him to another team that is going <laughs> to let him do what he wants to do. So it could be, you know, it's, it's answering mm-hmm. one question without answering it directly, maybe. But um, okay. But I, 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 I do wonder if that resolution is Buffalo saying, no, we're not going to let you do that. Yes, we will trade you. So, but if, if you were another team, would you want to trade for a guy knowing he wants to try an experimental surgery? Depends on the team, honestly. Um depends on my own medical staff and what our doctors might see when they bring them in for a physical when, you know, before the trade gets, you know, a hundred percent completed. Um, But to me, uh, you know, if, if I, if I can get some kind of close to not an assurance, but like he's going to, you know, he's a workout freak. He's got to get back to it. You know, if rehab is the only only thing that he needs and all right, well, dude's already in shape like crazy. So I I don't Mm -hmm. think you have to worry too much, but, um, but if I'm a team that is just like, hey, this could be our piece, I can, we can get them for maybe not as much as they think they can get. Okay. Like, go for it. You know, I mean, if you're in the spot to be able to do that, or you feel like you need to get that superstar center that you, I mean, you're not, you know, you're, you're taking a chance by doing it through the draft anyways, because sometimes guys don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you got a chance to get them and you like them that much, I don't think it's going to stop you. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the thing that kind of bugs me about this experimental surgery thing is that, you know, they, they say, well, it hasn't been, te- you know, it hasn't been done on somebody who is a, you know, a, uh, a hockey player, professional hockey player. And they say it's only been done on UFC athletes. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a minute. Don't those guys get dropped on their heads and necks constantly? Like, don't, you know, aren't they taking like exponential amounts more abuse than, than hockey players do, you know, just in short matches, like you're getting, literally physically pounded on now i know hockey is extremely physically demanding but i mean you're still a little bit more physically demanding than right yeah right (laughs) like you're like you're grappling you're doing all this stuff like just crazy shit can happen like you get you know you get punched in the back or something like that and Mm -hmm. you know your neck swells up and then you're just screwed but i mean you know when you look at the options like yeah i mean like he, he gets, you know, say he gets an artificial disc replacement. Like that sounds nuts, first of all. But like modern mes- medicine is insane, and maybe that kind of stuff is is it's going to be the way. Maybe that's the way of the future. Um, but also, I think of like other guys that have had this, this sort of neck injury in the past, and it's you know it's pro wrestlers, it's 
you know, it's the guys like, like, you know, Stone Cold and, and Edge who had to get neck fusion surgery and their careers were basically over, which is funny because Edge is fighting in a championship match tonight. So, um, but I mean, he's another one who's just like a gym freak and he was just mm-hmm. like, he's like, this isn't going to stop me. I'm too young to retire. Okay. That's cool. But like, it's a little different when it's, you know, when it's one of the mainstream, you know, pro sports, not mm-hmm. wrestling, you know, because it's it's different entertainment because it's you know it's actual competition not you know not what pro wrestling yeah. is but um, for what but it's yeah. worth though joe like i know I, I i not all our listeners listen watch wrestling like i do and i believe you do from what i've seen you tweet mm-hmm. i know nick does not but nick for what it's worth uh every time a wrestler is dropped on the mat they equivalate that to being in a car accident for what it takes on your body so imagine being dropped on the mat 50 times a match, you know, two, three nights a week. If if they could take that with a neck injury, then, yeah, I think if Hold Jack can rehab They wrestle that, three times a week? Sometimes more, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not just the, it's not just the TV stuff. They have, like, house shows and things like that. Oh, yeah, they do stuff on the side. Yeah, this, man. this is like playing running back in the NFL three times a week. Pretty Kinda, much. yeah, yeah. Depends on, depends on the match too. Like sometimes it's not that taxing, but yeah. Right. Right. Depends Nick, who the wrestler Nick, is. Nick's getting a pro wrestling education now. So this is great. <laughs> exactly. I've been dying to have someone on that I can talk wrestling with. They go, Nick, we got to find <laughs> someone that I can talk wrestling with. But um, no, but so I, the way I look at it, I, I'm kind of with you, Joe, if it's something that he can rehab back from, then yeah, I don't think rehab should be an issue. I understand where Jack is coming from though, as well. And mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I want to have the surgery. Cause I'm, I'm a young guy. I want to have a family. I want to play in the league as long as I can. And I feel like this surgery is going to allow me to play longer um, and play at a better level for a long time as opposed to rehab. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, I feel like, look, as a fan, now this is me coming from a fan. I'm not talking from a Kevin Adams point of view. But as a fan, I'm saying go do the rehab first. If the rehab doesn't work out the way you, the way that it should, then sure, we'll let you go have the surgery. Mm-hmm. I, I personally feel like Kevin Adams at at some point of the year decided, look, I'm done with Jack. I, I feel like this this was made up before we even got to the offseason with them wanting to trade Jack Eichel. And it was boiling for months and months and months, even from when Kevin Adams maybe even came in as GM. Mm-hmm. They may have bumped heads. And at that point, Kevin Adams already had his mind made up what he wanted to do. I I don't think you're I don't think you're that far off base in saying that. Um, I don't think you're off base in saying that at all, actually. But, um, but I think about the things that have happened in, you know, the year plus since Adams was hired. Um, and even before that, when it comes to injury stuff, I mean, I think of, I think of guys that were really close to Jack that were in Buffalo before guys like Zach Bogosian, who had two different hip surgeries because something happened after the first one that they, they made, he had to go get the same one done on the other hip or it's like, isn't it like, you know, I mean, this is a crude comparison, but like, isn't it like changing tires on a car? You can't just change one. You have to change at least two of them. And, you know, with your hips and you're a professional athlete, you got to skate. Like, you got to work hard. Mm-hmm. If you're getting one hip worked on, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be doing everything to overcompensate for that hip if you don't do both of them. So, and that's what happened. Like he overcompensated for, you know, the rehab and everything and it put his other hip out of whack. So, he lost, you know, basically what all told was about a year, basically a full season of his career because of that, which mm-hmm. is horrible. Um, 
And then, you know, you think about what's, you know, all the stuff Opozo's gone through and, you know, the, the different levels of, of stuff that have happened with other guys that, that he's been close with on the team. You know, I mean, at least Sam Reinhardt hasn't really had injury issues uh, in, in Buffalo. But, um, mm-hmm. but I think of that, like, that's fresh in my mind when I think of Jack just being like, listen, guys, like, I haven't liked what's happened here with, with some, of, some of my friends. I don't like the way that they've been handled. Like, this is my neck, guys. I'm going to do what I think is best for me. It's, you know, and he's, he did the whole, like, you know, this is my body. Like, let me do what I want to do. And I think that's a very understandable way to look at it. I mean, I, but that's the thing. Like, nobody has that, that insight from Jack because Jack doesn't want to talk to anybody. I get it. Unless it's spitting chiclets. Like, that's, you know, maybe those, maybe those guys can, can ask him about how he feels about stuff. But, um, but like that, but like you're not going to hear it from him until after he's traded, and then he can mm-hmm. he can blow the doors off the organization if he wants to. Like that's that's up to him. But um, but th- but like I I get his position on it, and I understand. But um, but yeah, and it, that, that's what makes this so difficult is that you almost don't want to trust either side with this um, because like I think I think there's a lot of people that think Jack's neck will be totally fine once he's not a Buffalo Saber anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people that that believe that Adams has wanted him gone and he's wanted to kind of, you know, sc- you know, start with a clean slate as much as possible as a GM can since he took over. And I think, you know, I, I think what's said about Adams is a lot closer to the truth than maybe than it is about, you know, maybe Jack just kind of, you know, using the in using this injury as a cudgel as a way to get out, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, hey, listen, after six garbage years in Buffalo, I probably look for any way to get out of town. Mm. Honestly, if I was an issue is if I'm looking at five more years of this, like, man, you've already wasted six of my years here. Like right. this sucks, you know, like yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But like, you know, it, it's at this point, it's like a PR battle um, because the savers are trying to look at like, like, Hey man, we're doing everything we can. You know, Jack just doesn't want to do what we say. Like, okay. You know, and there's a lot of fans that are gonna be like, ah, he's just a big baby. He doesn't want to, you know, screw him, mm-hmm. get him out of town. And then there's everybody else that's like, dude, you guys have sucked forever. I'd want to leave too. I don't blame Jack. So, you know, it's you're, it's a PR fight. Like the team is definitely not going to win uh, because Jack has, there's way too much sympathy for Jack given everything that's been so terrible here. Joe, real quick. How did Jack get this injury? Uh, I believe it was a game against the Islanders. This, this past, was, this past yeah, year? Yeah, this past season. Um like I remember, was, I remember there was a video of him like kind of wincing a little bit, but I feel mm-hmm. like it may have been before would, that. It, yeah, like it would have like that video doesn't seem to equate to like have a major major surgery. Well in my, I, in my head. I don't know. Necks are weird, but like it's like it, the, yeah. when I it happened, it, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is a serious thing. It was like, oh weird, he just kind of like, uh, winced after that hit. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, herniated discs, like I mean, if you have a neck injury where you can see it out, you know, outwardly. I don't want to see that neck injury. Like that's, that's, that's not something I want to witness, but um, with a herniated disc, it's so much of it is just pain on the inside. And, you know, you, you, you lack some movement. Like it's imagine having a, a stiff neck that hurts like hell for days. Like was, it, was this a chronic thing before this or it just came out of nowhere? No, this is pretty new. Um, any issues he's had uh, granted this past season was weird with any kind of news about Jack getting hurt because, I mean, the stuff about him getting hurt in the pre, you know, in, you know, training camp, you know, the, the rib injury or like the, like he was like lifting, like nobody got a clear answer on that. Like asked repeatedly, never got a clear answer, which, hey, team PR, 
everybody around the league be clear about injuries instead of just being like, ah, it's, you know, it's upper body. Eh, it's lower. Body. Just be friggin' clear because sometimes stuff yeah. like this happens and you just like dig deeper and be like, ah, he's just dealing with a thing. Thank you for nothing. Um, that's not, that's not a knock on Sabres PR. That's every PR in the NHL, but, um, but like he had that thing going on. And then the, the, the other injury that came up that he missed the game against Philly and Kruger before the game said like, Oh, something happened in uh morning skate. You know, we had to get to take care of because he did skate that morning. Um, and he said, Oh, you know, we, we're going to give him a rest uh, to take care of that. And when Jack played the next game, they go like, Oh, Hey, what happened? You know, the first question was like, Hey, hey what happened at uh, morning skate that you got hurt? And he's like, Oh no, I got hurt the last game. Okay, that's news to us. And they yeah, look, they look very bad on Ralph Kruger. It looked very bad on Kruger. And then every cr- question Kruger got in the post game of that was just like, hey, why did you lie to us, you, you <laughs> jerk? Like, what are you doing? And Ralph doubled down and said, like, well, you know, that's what it was for us at the time and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, dude, we're not going to trust anything you say from here on out. Like, that's that's been your only saving grace here is, like, winning people over with your words. And now you've, now you've betrayed our trust. So... Uh, that's, that's the end of that. But like, at that point, you're just kind of like, yeah, Jack's kind of done with all this. And like, that was bad for Kruger because he was fired not long after that. But, um, but I think that was, that may have been one of the first signs that like, Hey, maybe these guys don't really give a shit about my, about my health. Maybe I gotta, maybe I gotta get out of here. Like, cause everything about last season, I mean, it was an aberration, you know, as far as like how bad it was, but everything with Jack was just so weird all year. And the team was just very much not putting him out yeah. in fr- out of front of anything. Like they weren't, you know, they really weren't going, to, you know, you know, putting him in front of the camera for a ton of stuff. They weren't just like, you know, he's the captain. Like he's got to do a lot of that stuff, but like they weren't really aggressive in yeah. doing it. And I, I keep thinking about this. Uh, what was it? It was right after mother's day. Uh, and there was the, the NHLPA tweeted out a thing, a story from, I think it was a story on their own website about how Jack bought, uh, bouquet, bou- you know, flower bouquets for all the nurses at this one hospital in Buffalo. Yes, and I didn't see that written by any of the reporters here, or talked about on the news or any of that. And the team didn't even have it on their website. Like mm-hmm. it's Channel Four. It's Channel Four has a story about that. Okay, so like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nick. I, I appreciate that. That's that's good. But like, how did how was this not like made a big deal out of it? Like I don't, I, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. And it was like, the only time I saw it was when the NHLPA tweeted out, sorry, Nick. Um, but like, <laughs> it's like, that's mind blowing to me. Like that's the easy, it's the easiest slam dunk PR you can do. And like, he did it when the pandemic started with the, with the face mat, the Bauer face masks, like, you know, helps that it's his, you know, the, the, the company that sponsors him or, you know, that, that uh, does his equipment. But also it's like, it was a huge deal. Like hospitals didn't have PPE and here he was handing out, you know, uh, visors to, to all the, the, the ER and the COVID staff. So it's like, you know, man, like if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna promote that, your guys like doing a nice thing for nurses, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing. Like, like at, at that point, it's just kind of like, this is over, man. Like, you, like if you're not going to put them out in front of that, it's, mm-hmm. it's done. All right. I, I very quickly Googled our story here. Uh, we, Jack Eichel is not quoted anywhere in this story, not mm-hmm. even a press release. We have a quote from a nurse at Roswell who says uh, Jack's mother is a nurse, so he understands mm-hmm. the value of their work. Yep. And he yeah. also said this is the second year in a row he did this. Could Let me ask you this, Joe. I, I know I'm not in the media. You two are, so you guys would have a better idea of this. Could it be as simple as Jack was just like, I want to do this. I don't need the recognition. Like I'm just doing this to do this as 
you know, my mom being a nurse and me watching out for nurses, or is it something where Sabres PR should have just been all over it one way or the other? It's, I think that's, I think that's directed by PR, honestly, okay. because they did it, they did it two years ago or last year, I should say with the, with the mask thing. And I, I don't remember the flower thing being mentioned, but the mask thing was just like, that was, that happened right before mother's day. So it was just kind of like, it yeah, all got it wrapped was, up. Uh, it all got, yeah, it was all National nurses day. Uh, it must be near mother's okay. day two months ago. Anyway, but yeah, there's a way to do it with PR where you can like record the video. And it's like, put it out later or something. Like you mm -hmm. don't have to like make a big deal that day. Like there's ways right. like every company in the world, you know, they, they donate 5 million and then spend 10 million telling you that they donated five minutes. Like, mm -hmm. There, there are ways to do this, and it's, yeah. it was, mm -hmm. it is, that's a great point. Um, the vibes have been bad for a long time, which is pretty hard to quantify, I guess, but you just, yeah. you just feel it. I don't even feel bad for Jack. I, I used to be like, oh, no, like, like don't, you know, don't hurt Jack. You know, we don't mm -hmm. want to lose him. No, 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 one, no one at all is going to be angry at Jack when he leaves. They'll be like, dude, we're just, we're sorry. Like, we're not mm -hmm. even mad. No, yeah. I think at this point it's going to be more on the people are going to be more pissed at the Bagulas than they already are. Let's be honest, right? Like, you know, people are going to sit here. I can see Twitter now, right? It's going to be, it's this is all Kim Bagulas' fault. And mm -hmm. the, the, as soon as the Twitter Sabres person puts out the tweet, it's going to be every Sabres fan tweeting back saying, Kim Pagula this, Kim Pagula that. We mm -hmm. hate Kim Pagula, whatever they, you know. They should probably the turn off replies on that tweet. They they need to turn off replies get, in general on their Twitter. For, they'll page. get roasted harder for doing that. They got <laughs> roasted for wishing Victor Olsen happy birthday today, and people were killing him for that too. I think if you look at every Sabres tweet that they've done the last five months, you're going to see it's everything is just a cascade of of people just yes. dumping on them. <laughs> Facebook's even worse with it. So if you want to get oh, yeah. a real ugly ugly turn of events than go wow. there, but man you want yeah, a good story try to try to try to get an interview with one of their social media people and just just see what they're going through they probably won't, know, right? they probably won't make them available for well, anybody, I, I i know I, i'm i know one of them i'm friends with another one who works in or a couple others that do uh social with pse and the bills and whatever and uh there's no chance i would ever have them be able to interview them about anything unless they, unless they were ready to change jobs oh, yeah see it happening maybe like 10 years in the future if the sabers ever get good they'll be like hey remember 10 years ago when this happened and then they'll be like oh yeah that was remember 10 years ago we kept reading death threats every day it was really cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh death and suicide so, threats from fans like yeah great it's cool so wow. speaking of other Death threats, you know, or or, uh, or, or, I'm, death sorry. To, or uh, death, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. Uh, death to the fans. Let me, let me connections getting or a little death. weird here, guys. I might have to go now. <laughs> or death to <laughs> the fans. Training Jack we, Michael would be a would be a death to all the fans, as I'm trying to get at. But <laughs> it was just a I, bad I analogy. Go back to the workshop with that one, Charlie. I would. I would yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Listen, I mean, I mean, I'm going to be. I'm going to be a dad in about four weeks. So I'm trying to work out my dad jokes that are just not hitting yet. So these, I got right. a couple weeks to work these are, on these are not These are not dad jokes. <laughs> these are not remotely close to dad jokes. Uh, but I, anyway, get, I, I get would, them out I now would, while the kid doesn't yeah. know what they're saying. Like, I would, yeah, 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 there you go. There I would disagree go. with the premise, even. Like, the, no, no one's going to be. This is, there's Listen, no death to the face. Like, like, we I was are trying to accepting go, this. <laughs> I was trying to go from death threats to somehow tying it all into Jack I could be traded. 
Anyway, right. I, I said, I so, want to ask the next question. How about, how about, Go how ahead. about I, I actually want to workshop this. How about in, from going from death threats to feeling dead inside trading Jack Eichel? There we go. There's okay, this is why you two are disagree the, with the, the premise. No one's gonna feel more <laughs> dead inside after this. It's already there. Like, like, Sabres fans, like, oh, you. Can't hurt us anymore. No, like, I'll I, well, I will still we've feel been, we've been dead inside. Like, come on. <laughs> I will still feel dead inside because it's like we tanked for all those years for nothing. And now here we are doing the same. The the rebuild never stopped. Like the Sabres never stopped rebuilding. It's just a longer rebuild than what Darcy told us we were gonna go through. This I, is more painful than what Darcy could ever imagine. I would disagree with that. Uh, because everything Tim Murray did was to stop the drought completely and speed it up, speed up the process and didn't work. None, none of it worked. Didn't I just work. feel like people come to Buffalo and it's like they for there must be something in the water here and everyone or there. I don't live there, thank goodness. But it seems like everyone hey, goes wow. to Buffalo and forgets hey, how to play hey, hockey. Hey. I, I miss Buffalo, don't get me wrong. But my <laughs> hockey skills, I couldn't get any worse at hockey than what I already am. So I can't drink that water. That's why they turn it into beer now. It makes it it's, it's, <laughs> it's like the medieval days. You couldn't drink the water, so you made wine. There you go. There you go. See, okay, yeah. now that's it. I'm moving back. Right. <laughs> if, if, with, any, with, if anyone does not understand that reference, uh, I think it was Bud Light melted the, or got the ice from the oh. Emily Arena where the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, melted it, somehow filtered it, and made a beer out of it. That was the mm. reference. If you didn't see that story, yeah, you know what? I don't, I, uh, I don't need I don't need blood and boogers in my beer, man. Like that's <laughs> unnecessary. Maybe parts of teeth too. No. <laughs> Nope. Mm. I would totally mm. try it. Delicious. If anyone is in Tampa Bay and has access, I would try one. <laughs> I would drink it live on the air on a podcast, and you could hear my reaction. Oh, I, I'll see what I can do for you, Nick. I got, I, listen, I got some friends out there. I got, listen, they wouldn't put it out there if it was like it, It's going to taste like a very regular beer. What it what it is is the snow that they snowed off the ice in between whistles, and that's they melted that into the beer. So, I mean, it so it's waste ice, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's wasted ice. It's not even good ice. Oh. No, I mean like waste, <laughs> like it's actually garbage. Ice. Yes, yes, yes. It's garbage okay. ice. I mean, that's, it, the, it, there, there can't be that much of it. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be like 85 percent regular water, 15 percent like. It's Bud Light. It's, it. it's pretty much water anyway. It's Bud Light. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not. Wrong. <laughs> All right, let's get a little bit back on track. So, Joe, after the Sabers, you said they're 100 chance of not having Eichel next year. Where's who, he going? Who are, who are they building around? <laughs> is is the Sam Reinhardt domino still have to fall here? Is it totally Dylan Cousins show? Like, what's next for the Sabers? You know, I, I, everybody's assuming that Reinhardt is is going to go to. Um, I'm, I'm not willing to go 0% chance of playing in a Sabre uniform next year. I'm not, um, I, I think because I mean, he is a restricted free agent, but I, 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 I'm in the, I'm in the position of saying that if they only sign him to a one-year contract and he, he has arbitration rights, which if I'm Sam, I'm asking for like 17 million a year and being like, <laughs> yeah, why don't you just trade me instead? Um, but then you would lose and have to take the Sabres number. <laughs> well, they think about the middle point between 17 and 5 million. So he still gets like 11 million a year and it's great. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. But, um, but I mean, but, but for real though, like I, he, I mean, obviously he seemed checked out on closeout day. Like he was like, I, there's, I would rather be anywhere than sitting here right now talking to you guys in Buffalo. Like this is, this is, this is hell on earth. I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm done. Um, and you know, from, from people, you know, from hearing stuff and, and people talking, it sure seems like 
the thing he wants most is to is to move on somewhere probably closer to home, you know, be it Vancouver or Calgary or someplace like that. But um but I but I think what, what kind of throws a wrench in this is that Don Granato really played him the right way last year uh, when he took over. You know, he was forced to, he was pretty much forced to play Sam at center. Uh, because when Jack went out, they you know, Casey hadn't really shown up yet. Um, they were still tinkering with stuff and they were just kind of like you know, Cody Eakins either a number, either Cody Eakins or number one center or Sam, give it a shot, see what happens here. Uh, and he made the right call. And and it wasn't like Reinhardt play, you know, was doing well just because he's the best guy in a bad team. He played well, period. Um, you know, he scored on a, like a forty goal pace, basically a forty goal pace last year, it, an incredible season. Like he's been a sixty point a year guy, anyways. And then last year he showed he can play center for real, and he can score goals a ton. Okay, like that's a guy I'd rather keep around. And Granado, I think, would go to the mat to try to convince him to stay. But they're caught in between a rock and a hard place because they should have got a long-term deal done with him three years ago, like when his ELC got was over with. Instead, they, you know, and this is on Bottrell. He frittered around and just said, yeah, you know. Sam's been a bit of a late bloomer. A little bit, yeah, but like. They should have paid him. I, I'm with Joe. They should have paid him long-term yeah. last season. There's yeah. no reason for them to do a one-year deal with him and put him as an RFA again. That was they ridiculous. Should have, should have done it last year. Should have done it two years before that, honestly, when his ELC was up and you could get yeah. him done cheaper. Like he wasn't going to demand Jack money and they were, like, and he wouldn't have gotten it anyways. Um, but like you sign him like to, you know, say like a five year, you know, five, six year contract at like four or 5 million. That's a deal. That's a deal and a steal. Now you'd be walking him into free agency at that point, but better than what it is now. Like, yeah, I mean, now you're looking, now you're staring at a, an eventuality where either he's either you sign him for this year and then you say, Oh, well maybe we trade him at the deadline and pick up a bunch of whatever. And you know, we make the best of this or you trade him now, probably get a better package. And then whoever trades for. Him. Oh, we just lost Joe. But so, I, I mean, look, I, I understand where Joe's going with that, right? Like, like Sam, you could sign Sam now and maybe get a package for him once he's signed and maybe get more for him than what you're going to get. Interesting. But, but let's see what Joe meant by that. Hi, Joe, you're back. I, yeah, I don't Hi, know Joe. what happened there. My my browser decided to oh. refresh on its own, so that was neat. Okay. Um, great recovery time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, thankfully. I, I think I finished your thought, but I'll let you finish your thought and see if I was right. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you're either looking at him – getting walked to free agency or you just got to trade them now and just like get it done and get a better package now because teams are like, if, if you put it on the, on whoever acquires them to, to get the contract done, that's even better. Like, cause, because right. then they get to work on their financial parameters instead of doing like a sign and trade or mm. something along those lines. But, um, but like they, again, this is a, a self-inflicted wound on the, on the Sabres part because it should never have been like this with him. Like, you know, for a lot, a lot of different ways, it should not have been like this. Now I know it never happens, right? And I know there's some people over over at WGR every year that call for it to happen, but we never happen to see uh, many um, anyone go out and sign RFAs while they're on the free agent market, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sam could be that one that maybe gets an offer sheet. I'm not saying he will, but if you're Buffalo, do you try to qualify him as an RFA first and see if anyone jumps on him being out there? Or do you think at this point it's 
don't even bother and just get assets for him now. Because I feel like they can get better draft picks by qualifying him than what they're going to get if they try to trade him on the on the trade market. Well, I, I think they have to qualify him no matter what. Because if they don't qualify do they? him, then he becomes a UFA. Well, do they? So if they let's say they do it before the draft, right? If they mm-hmm. or they trade him at the draft, they mm-hmm. don't think that I don't think they have to qualify him by then, correct? No, the qualifying it be by... it's before free agency starts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and RFA, like you still hold their rights, but like the qualify, I, I don't know how they've slid the qualifying, the qualification dates and, and, and things like mm-hmm. that. This again, it might be all crammed into everything that's coming up in this next week. Right. This week and next week. So yeah, I have like, there's a lot of those little details that I haven't really seen spoken of, um, especially with RFA stuff and everything, because all the contracts are written to be to, you know, to the next year starts on July 1st. And obviously that's not, it's not the case this year, but um, right. But yeah, like they have to qualify him just to make sure that they don't lose him as a free, you know, just as a regular free agent. Right. Um, but like, as far as getting him re-signed though, uh, like I said, he's got arb rights, so like, you know, they're gonna get, they're gonna say, hey, here's your qual, here's what we want to qualify you at, and he's like, screw you, I'm taking your arbitration. Here's how much I want. Like, then they get their numbers mm-hmm. out, whatever. Um, but I think that that would just be done to push the cart down the road a little bit until he is traded. Um, mm-hmm. because like whoever acquires him probably doesn't want to go to, ar- he probably doesn't want to go to arbitration with them because they have like no case to make or right. the case they do make is, is an ugly one from a opposing team view where they're just kind of like, yeah, here's this guy that we played against and here's what we think of him and blah, blah, blah. Like, and you got to tell the guy you just got that he sucks to his face and should take less money. Right. Exactly. Like, that's, that's not the best way to start a relationship there. So it's, uh, you know, it's, I think that's, you're going to avoid that. But I think in the Sabres case, Unless, like I said, unless Granado is able to win him over, because I don't think Adams, I don't think that's that's up to Adams to win him over, because I, yeah. I think Sam's done listening to GMs, <laughs> Sabers GMs, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Don's able to 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 talk him down and get him in place, maybe something could happen. But it's, I think it's still, I think there's only about a twenty to twenty five percent chance of that happening of him staying in Buffalo. But. Um, but even that, even that still feels a little bit high. But I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to go that low on the chances, just because you never know what's going on with Sam's head. <laughs> Honestly, he doesn't. I mean, he's he doesn't like to talk, so I, I get it. But um, but I mean, so just going, the, zero point zero on Jack, twenty to twenty five percent on Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you think? And I, I wanted to ask you this about Jack. So Sam's obviously a different case, right? Like, um, you know, Sam's going to be an RFA. <laughs> Jack next year has a no movement clause, right? Mm-hmm. It kicks in yep. next year. Mm-hmm. Could Jack say, look, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to take another year of sucking in Buffalo and hold out till next year and be able to control where I get traded to. Uh, if he, if that's what he wants to do, he better not tell the team that because right. that's a, that's a, that's a quick way to get traded to Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> or, you know, somewhere else that he doesn't like, you know, like right. that's right. That's how that happens. I, I, I don't imagine them looking right now to take hey, Colin Jack, like, hey, here's where we have trade offers to. What do you think about going there? No. I feel like Jack will want to control where he's going at this point and have more of a say in it and not get shipped to, you know, I mean, Arizona's obviously better than Buffalo too, but not get shipped to Arizona to go play with Chris Pronger and, and Dobzuk that they all acquired <laughs> in the last couple of seasons, who ne- will never play for them, obviously. But, um, I, I just don't I, – I don't know. I, I, I just feel like maybe he pulls the wool over all our eyes and says, look, I'm going to 
hang I'm going to hang out one more year here in Buffalo and then next year control I want to go to Boston. He said on a on a radio show a couple of days ago. I want that he would love to go play in front of his hometown, but who wouldn't? I was, um, was going to say everybody's been killing Jack about that, but like name me a one hockey right. player that doesn't want to play in his hometown. Exactly. I don't take that as much as oh my gosh, now he really wants to be traded to Boston, but I take it as look if I can control where I'm going, I can say look, Boston's on my list of my top ten teams I want to go to. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. It puts more on the Saber side to make a deal happen at that point for him than what it does for them to say we're going to do. We're going to send you to Anaheim, for example, for these prospects and these draft picks, mm-hmm. and have control over that. Yeah, and it takes all of the Sabers' control out of it if Jack wants to go where he wants to go. Right, and I think that that. July 1st next year deadline was a soft deadline for the Sabres because if they had another bad season this year, I would, if I was, you know, if I was in Adam's shoes, I would have been terrified that they get through another bad year next year. You know, they pick wherever in the draft, like in somewhere in the lottery and it's July 1st. And then suddenly he's getting, he gets a call from Jack's agent saying he's demanding a trade mm-hmm. and here's where he wants to, here's the only teams will accept a trade to good luck finding a deal. Like, because then you're because then you're bent over a barrel if you're Adams. Like that's right. That's the like that's the worst possible scenario to be in because that's how you end up in a. I don't even want to say it's an O'Reilly situation because that's even worse. Because I mean, they just made a bad trade with O'Reilly, but um, right, right. But in this, but in this case, where you you like say you've only got three teams you can pick from. Uh uh-uh, uh man. I if I'm the GM, that no way. And if he right. picks all East Coast teams. Cool. You got to trade him to a team that he want that he wants to play for. That's either in your division or in your conference, and you have to play them four mm-hmm. or five times a year and compete for a playoff spot against them. Great. How many points a game is he going to put up against the Sabers the rest of his career because he hates them? Like, <laughs> I don't want. Who wants to deal with that? Like, the, the Sabers sh- certainly shouldn't. And like, that's why I don't really take the the rumors serious about. Uh, you know, somebody mentioned Montreal, and I was like, no, they're the same division. Yeah. No, they mentioned Columbus, right. and I'm like, no, like, just, no, not anywhere east. Send them as far west as you can. Put a team in Hawaii and send them to Hawaii. Like that's <laughs> that's what I would where, want to do. Where do you see Jack ending up then? Because I I got the list here of where he's rumored to go so far from what I've seen. Right, I've seen Minnesota, I've seen Anaheim, and I've seen the Kings, the Rangers, Philly, Calgary, Vegas, and possibly long shot Seattle. Where do you think he ends up? I think if things go right for the Sabres, I think Anaheim's the best fit for the Sabres as far as a return goes because they can get that number three pick. Um, mm-hmm. They can get, you know, a younger player like a Comtois or, um, you know, if, I mean, if you want to get really adventurous, you can pass on getting the number three pick and say, well, we want Jamie Drysdale or we want uh, Trevor Zegers. Uh, get, you know, we'll take one of those two. You can have your number three pick, but we'll take one of those. Instead, do you think they take both of those guys if if, if they could, right? Zegras, Drysdale, say no to the no to the number three pick. Take those two guys for Jack. I mean, would that would that be something that could work, or is that too far fetched? Uh, Buffalo would say to it, yeah, say yes to that a thousand times. Anaheim would say no to it a thousand times. So, okay. Um, okay. But uh, but I mean, you also have to get some money to work out too. Right. So you got you got to take a guy saying. like Henrique or uh, Ricard Raquel uh, back in return. Um, so like that's. I mean, that, I mean, you can deal with that. Like, at least with Henrik, he can eat up minutes. He can be mm-hmm. a leader for a team that's rebuilding. Like, that's great. He's from Toronto, so, like, he's got, he's got family nearby. Um, and he's a great dude. Like, just one of, the all, one of the all-time league dudes. So, like, that's a lot of pro reasons for being like, yeah, we're okay with adding his contract for the next three, four years, whatever he's got left. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, but for the same reason, that's tantalizing. LA is tantalizing too because of the prospect pool. Um, right. Because I, and I think that's where that conversation dries up, at least with Eichel. Because if you go out, if because you, you're asking for Quentin Byfield immediately, mm-hmm. um, because in your mind that's you're right. like, Eichel's now your number one center. Kopitar is getting older. He's now your number two. Great. That's awesome. Um, what do you need Quentin Byfield for? Like, is he going to be your number three center for the next three, four years? Like, no, it's a waste. Are you going to put him at the wing? No, that's also a waste. Um, so like that's, and I think that, I don't think the Kings want to do that. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't think they want to part with him. Alex Turcott. Yeah, sure. They would. Uh, but I, Alex Turcott isn't enough to move the needle uh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, if he, if it's Turcott, um, was it uh, Achille Thomas? Um, people mentioned Gabe Velarde, but I, his injury history bothers the, the garbage out of me. Yeah. Um, and then they're the number eight pick. And uh, I mean, you can find parts that work for a deal like that, but um, I tend to not believe that they wouldn't be in on Eichel. I do believe they would be in on a Reinhardt though, hmm. um, which at that point, I think LA. maybe, yeah. Um, at that point, I think you, like, you can ask for a Turcotte then, um, mm-hmm. or you can ask for, I don't know, you can probably ask for Velarde if you want him bad enough but again injury history i don't like it um or achille thomas you know like any of those guys you can ask for him and be like okay i'm okay with that um or just be like hey give us your number eight pick for reinhardt straight up like just do it do it that way and just accumulate another top 10 pick and just say you know damn the torpedoes we're just going to go all lottery this year just forget it but um but yeah like la is tantalizing minnesota is interesting um Mm -hmm. just because of all the money they freed up uh with buying out Suter and parise um, and like the guy, I feel they, like you, I don't, you look at Minnesota though, Joe, not sorry to interrupt you. You look at no, Minnesota. Krill doesn't know if he's coming back, right? Kepersov doesn't, or however the heck you say his last name. He doesn't know if he's even coming back. So that's one big prospect off the board who I would say, if I'm trading Jack somewhere, if I'm trading Jack to Minnesota, he's a player I'm asking for back. And I don't know too much about the prospect pool. Um, what could Buffalo possibly be looking at back and from that prospect pool? Uh, well, I don't think Kaprizov is, is their ask. I think Matt Dumba's the ask in that case. Okay. okay. Um, because he's young and he's a defenseman and mm-hmm. he's immediately, he's immediately like what he's, uh, he's, I think he's a left-handed defenseman. So you, you're looking at, and if you draft power, your top three lefty defensemen are Darlene power and Dumba. That's pretty friggin' great. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so like, that, like that's pretty pretty good for me and you know Kaprizov Kaprizov is great but I, I can't see the wild just being like yeah okay and they've got their own problems to deal with with him they would be threatening to go to the KHL after a brilliant year, year here I don't know if I like if I'm the same I don't want to deal with that headache you know like mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you know if, if maybe if Alexander McGillney was still was on good terms with the Sabres like maybe you fly him in and be like hey man like talk to talk to this Russian legend and see you know he'll tell you how great it is but sadly that's that, that won't happen um, right but they're like, you know, with Dumba and, you know, uh, like a, who else have they got? Like Kalen Addison is another, def- like, that's another defenseman. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, I mean, their prospect pool is a little different, but that's because they've been, you know, picking out of the middle, middle rounds of the draft for the last forever. So, you know, the, the, the top end guys aren't as exciting as, as you'd want, but, um, but you could put something together. I mean, if you package in a bunch of first round picks, then hell yeah. Like you give them, give them your first this year and your first next year. Okay. That softens the blow for, for what you might want. And you get it. If you get a pick for next year, man, that's awesome. Cause next year's class is supposed to be a lot deeper and a lot deeper with top end talent. So, um, 
And, you know, Calgary is interesting too, but like I'm asking for Matt Kachuk immediately. And I don't think they would do that. I don't think Calgary would do that. Um, yeah. um, I know it was a little bit bumpy with them last year. Maybe they would, but I don't know. I, I mean, everybody would say they would want, you know, take Gaudreau, but Sabres already have Gaudreau and Skinner. So like that's, you know, they, they're essentially the same player. Gaudreau finishes a little bit more often, but I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the right, right fit for him, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, the, the lead options for them to trade Jack and to me, Anaheim's the standout one. Yeah. I agree. Matt Dub is a right-hand shot, by the way. Oh, even better, <laughs> even better. So like, so th- then he's immediately your, your top pair right-handed defenseman with Darlene. With, uh, with Darlene. Let me ask you this then. Speaking of defenseman, what happens to Risto? Obviously he's been wanting to get out of Buffalo forever and he can't, he can't beg enough to get out and just can't seem to get out. Um, where do you see Risto end up getting and what is Risto's asking price? What could Buffalo get back in return? Uh, I'll believe Risto's traded when I actually get the press release about it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, what, what are his chances <laughs> on Buffalo next year? 50, 50. It's, oh, it's wow, okay. toss a coin. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I know like there's people in the organization that really love him and that's why it's been really hard to move him. Like why they haven't wanted to move him in the past. There's still a belief that they can get through to him uh, and be able to change up what's been ailing him since the get go here uh, to be able to fix his game up and do all these, you know, all these things that people say like, Oh yeah, this is what it's gotta be like. And okay. Like that's, I mean, cause I'm sure yeah, they'll it's lose getting, it's getting nothing like, to do with it. Yeah, well, <laughs> the funny, the funniest thing about Risto to me, and I love him because he just pulls no punches. He's just like he's a he's a guy that I wish was more comfortable with the media. And I again, I understand why he's not. I totally get it. But mm-hmm. the dude is just like funny as hell to me. And like the year after, you know, when O'Reilly does did his uh, did his end of season statement of you know losing his love for the game, the following season Risto basically. Didn't say it word for word, but paraphrased it and, you know, about losing and all that. And we're just like, oh, yeah. And like somebody asked him, well, would you want to, you know, you want to move on? And he's like, well, you know, that's up to the team. But, you know, I, you know, if they do it, then, you know, that's okay by me. Okay. Like you can't, you can't say that you want to get traded more, you know, I mean, you can be more obvious, but you need to. And they never have. And, I, I, I think and about that was what three four years ago. That was three years ago, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was after. It was after the eighteen nineteen season. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> which is nuts. Um, but I think of. But I think about that, and I think of. He's a guy that I honestly feel bad for, um, because his career's gotten so thrown off the rails you know his first you know real season in buffalo he played under ted nolan and ted nolan's ted nolan didn't really have a structure like he didn't he didn't really have a system it was you know he's great rah-rah guy great you know players coach guy he didn't really coach guys up though and he wasn't really working with guys to refine their games and get it better for a lot of the defensemen the, the the best thing that they did was put it off the glass and get it out of the zone because they, you know, they're getting outshot terribly. You know, you need to relieve the pressure, just do that. And, you know, he was physical with people and he would get the puck out of trouble. And, you know, then they signed him to an extension that was five and a half million a year. And 
you know, he's played for what, four or five different coaches now, which is insane. And the, the way he learned, the way that he learned the, the way to make money was to play the way he did under Ted Nolan, because geez, I get 5 million doing this, then why do I have to change? I don't have to do anything different here. Now, mind you, he would play completely different when he plays for, for Finland because they have a strict system and they, you know, they have to do things and they would let him be creative. They would let him do these things and it wouldn't hurt them because Finns are always extremely defensively responsible. But in Risto's case, it just, they, they've let him an immense talent like that. They've just, they, they've kind of left him in the desert and it's just, it, it, they failed him a lot. And now at this point, he's what, 26, 27, about uh, maybe 28. I don't know. Uh, somewhere in that range, but like, this is what he is now. Like, and nothing's going to change that. Absolutely. Not, like you know, change of scenery. Hey, maybe, maybe that gets through to him. I don't know. But like, this is what he is. And the team loves him. Like the higher ups in the team love him. And that's why I say, I'll believe it. I'll believe he's going when he's traded. Now as for what you get for him, I don't know. Cause the, cause what I thought you could get for him two or three years ago is a lot different than what it is now, especially with him I on agree. the last year of a contract. So I agree. Um, but again, like maybe they hold him until the deadline. You move him at the deadline to a competitor. Hey, good luck, bud. You know, but, um, but I don't know. Like that's, I'm so lost on him now because it 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 was beyond. It was at the point you had to move him two three years ago. It's beyond the point now, and the book's out. Like you can't surprise a team with what he's about, and you have to look for teams that don't pay attention to the, to the numbers. You need people that don't have a lot of data analysts that, that just see a big guy who's got a nice shot and scores a ton on the power play. And go, Jeez, we got to get mm-hmm. that guy. And you, the teams that do that are pretty easy to pick out. It's the Phillies, it's the Edmontons and teams like that. So those are the teams you take that you zero in on and say, Hey, how about it? Now, the one team that does pay attention to a ton of the numbers that he's probably going to wind up at is Carolina. And to me, that's because it's Finland South. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> They've got true. so many Finns there, and I think they find that it would be an immediate fit because he's got what one Finn here in Buffalo, and it's a guy who's way young, you know, you know, six, seven years younger than him. Mm-hmm. They never, they never played together in, you know, in juniors or anything like that. So they're, they are not like they're not good buddies. Like they're not fast friends or anything like that. That's, I mean, it's no knock in Risto or, or, or Henry, but. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to be the one guy from your own country in a locker room. And it's really hard. And I, I feel for Risto because I think a lot of his time here is, is kind of on his own. And that's, that's really hard. All right. Before we let you go, i got one more question on Jack here. If he does have the surgery, do, how soon would he be able to play again? Uh, I, think I, I think I read that the recovery is six to eight weeks. That's I it? think that sounds I think sure. So. I, yeah, I I would have to go, I have to go back and look at the uh, the Friedman story uh, where he mentioned that. Um, I'm going to look it up now because okay, as I in my yeah. head I was picturing a scenario where we were talking about what if you know Jack tries to stay you know stays this year even though you said it won't happen. Just what if he did? And I was like, if he has the surgery, I mean, is it possible he, you know, really stays on, you know, almost like a long-term injured reserve situation, but mm-hmm. you're saying that it should not be the case. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I found the story, so I'm just going to very quickly try to scroll. I mean, six to eight weeks, if that's really what it is, that is not bad at all. I don't know why. If I'm Buffalo, I don't know why I'm like, hey, go get it right away when you wanted it and get it done. Then get him, you get him back. 
you know, give them the whole offseason to get ready. Like, I, I that I makes well, sense. okay, that's a good point. I, I would think it'd be because you're trying to trade the guy and you don't want to give any team, any team a reason to be scared that he just got some surgery that's never been done. Well, before. I feel I feel like your asking price too is higher with Jack post surgery than what it is Jack without surgery. You might think that, but the Sabres are pretty adamant that their doctors and the second opinion both said conservative treatment was the right way to go. Mm -hmm. And it looks like uh, one of the um, MMA fighters that got it, um, he told told doctors after he had the operation done, he said, I'll I'll heal in three months. Hmm. So, I mean, six to eight, you know, nine weeks, three months. That's still not bad. Twelve weeks. Kind of weeks, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad at math. Uh, Twelve weeks would be three months. So, I mean, if he gets it, if he gets it now, it's it's September, September, October. I mean, so he's not missing much of the season. Not, well, at least not this year, anyway. Shouldn't, shouldn't miss. Right, but he would have to go get surgery like now. I mean, yeah, even if he misses a month, like that's not that bad. Yeah, if he's recovered in three months, that's mid October, and then if he needs what two, three weeks. Probably two weeks to to get in game shape. Mm-hmm. I don't know. November first, you got him. It's not bad. But again, that, like but... if he had it done in March, or if he had it done, in, you know, March or April or something like that, then he's he's ready for training camp. But yeah, I'll be curious to see what how this all plays out. I I told Nick when he was here visiting a couple weeks ago that I'm waiting for the day that I get the notification on my phone that says. Uh, you know, Jack of all trades from NHL.com and Jack's trade or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, you can feel free to to take that headline if you'd like to <laughs> on your next article when the time comes. But it's a better um, dad joke, Charlie. It's a much better. Hey, dad you know, I hey, try. I'm working my way out. I'm working my way out. But uh, Joe, one more question for you before we let you go. Mm-hmm. I need to know, as a fellow wrestling fan, because uh, I saw, I think I saw it on your TV there. I don't know if I did or didn't. Uh, who do you got tonight, Edge or Roman? Uh, it's it's gonna be Roman. Like, it's, I mean, it's it's gotta be right. Like, he. I mean, instead of uh, like the Triple H days when he always had a sledgehammer, he's he's got the he's got his uh, he's got his cousins. So it's, right, uh, right. And they got. I saw that they got their they got their belts tonight, which is weird. But um, yeah, they got theirs. But it's, stupid. It's a little. It's, yeah. It's yes, yes. But um, I will say, Biggie got the uh, got the briefcase. So we'll see how. How that plays out going down the going down the road here? Yeah, I just um, yeah, I, it's <laughs> they've been waiting for Roman to get over for so long, and now he's over. So he, there, he's yeah. he should keep he and honestly put keep the belt on him for a long time. Just yeah, just because. Well, it looks like they're set up with uh, with Edge and Seth coming up as the next storyline, which should be a pretty exciting storyline, I think. So I'll be curious to uh, see how that all also plays out. I think that should be a one of the top storylines coming coming now that they're back in front of fans and it's actually bearable to watch now. So yeah, well, we'll see how bearable it is to watch. I've 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 tuned out on it for for quite a bit here. I I, I yeah. haven't really watched anything since WrestleMania. So yeah, I'm are you I'm, an, are you I'm an AEW guy? I I like it. Quite a bit. Okay. Yes. It's, okay. It's a lot of older guys, I know, but, um, but I don't know. It's uh, they do things a little different, so I appreciate that. Yes, they do. They do. It's definitely different. Uh, different wrestling to watch, that's for sure. But yes, I'm still a fan of the WWE stuff until, uh, you know, until it completely sucks again. Having Edge back has definitely <laughs> been made it a little bit more enjoyable to watch because you feel like you're going back to the, uh, to the good old days. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's uh, it seems to be the well they keep going back to to keep guys like guys our age and around this age happy yeah. with what they're doing. They're just like, ah, here's a bunch of guys that you remember. They they right. do that they, they they do that whole guy let's remember some guys thing, but like actually do it for their product. I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now on this podcast. It's gonna be Roman and The Rock and something at WrestleMania next year or this whatever this upcoming WrestleMania this year. Or next year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Next WrestleMania, it'll be with The Rock and Roman in some kind of storyline. Time, who's who's going to be the head of the Samoan table? The Rock or Roman? I'm calling it now. When when it comes back, I'll I'll tweet back at you and say, "Hey, remember when I said this?" <laughs> I didn't. So, I didn't even know The Rock was the wrestling. Uh, he, he's, he's not. He's not. But oh, he will for money. I mean, they'll bring him back because they got to put butts in the seats at AT and T Stadium or wherever they are this year. Listen, The Rock uh, is not coming back to lose. All right. <laughs> It's his cousin, though. I mean, if he's going to come back to get his cousin over, like that's all The Rock cares about, helping out family. Totally. But I, I would like to see The Rock come back and win. That's all I care about. So. <laughs> also, he'll have, have WWE a, creative folks. He'll have multiple movies to promote if he does. If he does. Do yeah, that. So you know what? That's a great point. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be like Jumanji three by then. Well, he'll have so. Black Adam coming out. I think what next year. Or so that's yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I saw you finishing that a up. big one. If you want to get going on comic book stuff, then I I can, I can, I can do that too. But let's say, I think we we dorked this up enough. (laughs) We we better wrap up now. (laughs) We we need to, we need to have Joe back for a a total like comic book wrestling show. (laughs) You know, I, I, I'm fine with that as well. So we'll we'll have to figure that one out uh, at some point. Weird. I think I'm busy that day. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll just be a Joe and Charlie show. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, Joe, as always, man, we appreciate you uh, coming out with us. Glad we got the technical difficulty stuff all figured out. And yes, always a pleasure talking Sabres hockey with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me again, guys. It's nice to see you guys back and uh, hopefully, hopefully not too long uh, for the next time. Hey, we, we, we hope so, but uh, really appreciate you coming on. Stick around. We got one question for you off camera here, but Charlie, before we wrap it up here, gotta let the people know about ethos performance rehab all right jack eichel we talked to joe joe said it, it seems like it just crept up on, on him this year it doesn't seem like a chronic thing there are a lot of people who do manage chronic injuries right and if you got something out there and you know you need to get it looked at all right don't wait don't wait all right reach out to ethos performance rehab send them a dm on instagram whatever you gotta do ethos performance rehab at gmail.com Hit him up, Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach. I've been treated by both of them. Can't recommend it enough. Ethos Performance Rehab. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Awesome. Good job, Nick. Good uh, good segue into the sponsorship. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thanks again to Joe Yerdin. Uh, Joe, where can everyone find you on Twitter? You can find me at my name on Twitter, at J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. You can find me occasionally at Die by the Blade, occasionally with the AP, and every... Every Friday now with with Pat Moran on uh, Casual Friday, and I think we're still doing that hockey show on Thursdays. Although uh, our uh, the host Paulie's he's he's a, he's in a band and he's a guitarist, and their their schedules picked up quite a bit this summer. Okay. So that, now the places are open. So we'll see, we'll see. But uh, usually on Thursdays for that too. You kicked his butt in the most recent uh, sitcom draft. Uh, I I well well that was the most more most overrated show, and I was. He picked Jeopardy for some reason, and I was like, "Dude, you just lost." And like, Friends, yeah. like, what no. the hell? <laughs> well, Friends is divisive, but like Jeopardy is beloved by everybody, and I was yeah, just like, "Dude, yeah." It's... Well, Friends had such a number one run; like, it's hard to argue. But anyway, getting off topic here, <laughs> Nick, where 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 can you be found, my friend? 
I'm at Nick Veronica. Easy enough. I'm at Chowit68 on Twitter. Uh, and of course, go follow the podcast at the underscore process pod on Twitter. Hit us up, question, comments, concerns, anything you need to know. Feel free to reach out to us on the old Twitter machine. Thanks again for listening. And remember to always trust the process.